Blog Talk Radio. Only 30 minutes. Only on Sunday. Only 30 minutes. Your host, T-A-Z. And on the line, I have D. Lovely. They clap lo- longer every week. <laughs> they love us more. <laughs> hey, friend, how, how you are doing, you? D. Lovely? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. You? I'm doing good. Uh, uh, I need to talk to you after the show, so because I tried to call you, I think you seen the call from me. I did. Okay. Well, I'll check. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'll talk to you after the show, and I'm gonna put it in on in the publics. I mean, public. So, uh, <laughs> look, talk after the show. Um, what? What's on your mind? I'm just going to ask that before I even start. What's what's bothering you this week, or are you got any complaints or anything that you know that good happened this week too? Oh wow, um, I don't have much good news, but I am. Like I said, I, I I think we had a conversation. I told you I I'm really worried about our our people. We out here in these streets with these guns and and doing terrible things to each other, and it it's it's really sad. It hurts my heart. I agree. I mean, it's getting bad for us to go to the grocery store, go shop. Uh, also, I have on the line, E is in the house. Hey, E. Hello, everyone. Hey. Oh. Hey, hey. Uh, I asked the question, what's, what's going on, uh, you know, good news, bad news, what's going on with you uh, today or, you know, the week the week that we had? E, how are you doing? I'm all right. Friday, a 13-year-old boy got uh, shot in his arm while he was, playing football in front of his house in the project in Hopewell where I, where I teach. So I feel that, yeah, so now nobody's safe because you can't tell this little boy that he wasn't wrong at all. He was just playing football in front of his house. And, you know, mm. just sad. That's sad. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah. Let me go on. Rival the first game. thing that I got. So it was just a drive-by or something to that effect? Yeah. Yeah, people shooting at each other. You know, what they do. Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time, and it's, it's bad. 
Something's well, got to be done. He was in front of his house. Was, but he wasn't he in the wrong place. He was in the right place. He, he was in for his front yard playing catch football. It's just these teenagers trying to be gangsters. You don't know. Like, go to a gun range. I don't know who your OG is, but before they put a gun in your head, you might want to get some shooting lessons. I, I don't know. But, shit, I don't know. Okay, I stand corrected at the right place. It's still the wrong time. Because uh, he's out there when he's happy. And it's just sad that we got to go through this craziness living in a free country. Mm. So they say. Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly. <laughs> uh, the first thing I got... A federal judge on Tuesday ordered armed members of the uh, group monitoring ballots, drop boxes in Arizona to stay at least 250 feet away from the locations following complaints that people were wearing masks and toting guns and were intimidating voters. The temporary restraining order was requested by the League of Women Voters of Arizona. I think we did talk about this last week, but uh, at the time they were looking at people's license plates and, you know, was up on their car. So was this a good thing, 250 feet? I don't know, because I think the weapons they had probably could shoot further than that. You're, I'm going to start with E, and then the next question I'm going to bounce to D. Lovely. I, I just think it's a Band-Aid. Um, I, I, I don't, it's, it's not enough. Why can't they send some armed people there, police officers, you know, SWAT team? Why, why can't we fight fire with fire at this juncture is my, is my concern. Well, E, I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't going to vote if everybody got a gun out there. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, that'll defeat the purpose of me going. I'm like, hey, everybody got. Nah, I ain't going out there, dog. Listen, if there's people that have the guns to protect me, then I don't have a problem walking in there. At least I'll be protected. But, I mean, I understand. I get it. That it's still messed up. Yeah, too, too many guns now. When somebody sneezes, oh Lord! Wow, here we go. Now, now is not enough. You saying too many, but it ain't enough. Well, I mean, for me to go to go in there, it'll be too many guns. I, I mean, Lord, I just want to vote. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be caught in no crossfire. D. Lovely, your opinion on it? Oh Lord, my my, my concern is how how can I trust anybody with a gun at this point? Um I don't know if the if the bad guys are part of the good guys or the it's so frightening that I don't know what I should be looking for. This reminds me of I'm trying to think which movie it was. Um it's a Will Smith movie where he was where um the person uh, he he was the FBI. He was he was a lawyer, and he was dealing with the. FBI. I can't think of the name of the movie right now. But the question that Regina uh, King asking was, "Who's watching the watcher?" 
So if if they're watching you, yeah. who's watching them to make sure that they're who they're supposed to be and they're not just part part of the bad guys? Because this is how they got into the Capitol. There had to be more people on the inside than were on the outside. Somebody let them in. So somebody's somebody's helping the bad guys. So that's my concern. Was the movie named Enemy of the State? Enemy of the State. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Just threw it up. I didn't know I was thinking. I said, like, that might be it. Yeah, that was uh, Yeah. Because I don't trust anybody. I don't. I don't trust the people who are supposed to have guns. They clearly aren't our. They clearly aren't our allies. I don't trust the people who who are coming with guns because they clearly are the enemy of the state. So who am I supposed to trust? How am I supposed to go and vote and feel like I'm being I'm being protected? I don't trust anybody. Yeah. Or well, I look like those guys out there at the at the mailboxes. With all that uh, protective gear on, walking in to vote, <laughs> I get. I mean, hey, it's the same thing. Ah, uh, still in Arizona, election workers in Arizona, mostly fiercely contested county, faced more than 100 violent threats, intimidating communications, and uh, run up. To Tuesday's midterms, the harassment included menacing emails, social media posts, threats to circulate personal information online, and photographing employees arriving at work. This has been going on between July 11th and August 22nd. At least 140 threats and other hostile communications. It does not prove to be somebody actually working at the voting stations now. Do you love your opinion on these workers getting threatened just to do their job? I don't know why they're they're certainly not surprised. I'm sure they're not surprised. Um, This has been going on, and it's just being... uh, brought into the news more so, but this has always been going on. Being threatened and being told that you, if, you, if you show up at point, to show up to vote, there's going to be a problem. I mean, show up to work, there's going to be a problem. We, we know this has always gone on. It's just that now we know that there's somebody you can tell, so you can tell them, I'm being threatened. But I believe it's always happened. I believe that there have been elections that have been um, altered, because I can't imagine how in the hell people like Lindsey Graham and and all of it and um, Ted Cruz keep getting elected if there wasn't some hanky some kind of foolery going on. <laughs> uh, see, I think this has been the first time we would have heard hanky panky on the show. <laughs> uh, e, how do you feel about? the workers being threatened for the voting places in Arizona. I think this is all over the country, really, like D. Lovely said, but the report yeah, came out of Arizona. It's It's been happening everywhere, and I just think uh, at this juncture, Arizona was the whistleblower this time. 
it's happening everywhere, going to keep happening everywhere. Uh, I'm just going to wait and see what Tuesday looks like because the shenanigans will run amok Tuesday. Um, and like uh, Dee said, who's checking, who's checking the checker? You know, in the military, we said every soldier has a sergeant. So somebody is answering to somebody. But I guess not so in the civilian world. Um, it's just very disheartening that it's gotten to this point. Next, I have, as the Baritons once again adjust to uh, change schedule this Sunday, because we all set the clocks back. Uh, the government is prompting to have, uh, what is it, a uh, daylight savings time permanent? We do it twice a year, but they're talking about having it permanent. The Sunshine Protection Act, that's what it's called, would make daylight savings permanent for the entire nation, uh, starting with that's E. True. How do you feel about this? Because... Uh, yeah, you you get up early, go to work, so it'd be just you'd be used to it the whole time. Yeah, I mean it's just e, your opinion on making are, this permanent. There are states that don't practice daylight savings time, so it's not it's not like nationwide everybody turns their clock back. I know um, after, when I was um, training at Fort Huachuca, they didn't turn their clocks back for daylight saving time. Um, I know that everybody does not do that. So it doesn't matter. I go to work in the dark and I come home at night, so it really doesn't matter whether we're on daylight saving time or not. My concern is, you know, these people, these little students who were at the bus stop in the morning, you know, my grandson's bus comes at 645. It was still pitch black. Um, And instead of being at the bus stop when it's dark, now they're going to be coming home because, our activity bus comes at five, you know, and so by the time those students get home, it could be as late as seven, and it, it's just six of one, half a dozen of the other for me as, you know, as an educator. Do you love me? Yeah. I know that there are two states that don't um Acknowledge daylight savings time, and I know one is Arizona. I think it's Arizona, and I think the other one is New Mexico, D. And Hawaii. It might be Hawaii, too, if I'm not mistaken. So there might be three. Um, Mm -hmm. But the the crazy thing is, is they've never had an issue, so I don't know why the rest of us have to do this. It's confusing. Um, Your your body can't uh, regulate. It takes weeks and weeks for some people. And as you get older, it gets even harder for your body to types of things, and I think that it is it could very easily be causing health issues for some people. I know with um, with older people who have, or people who have uh, disabilities like dementia, and there's a there's a form of dementia called sundowners, and when you mm-hmm. when you have to go through these changes, physically your body doesn't adapt well. I think that at this point, since we are finding that more people are being recognized with this disability and with this type of, of um, inability to accept when, when, when your life is in change, 
we need to stop doing this. We we may be they may this may be causing more people to go into these types of illnesses than it, it is helping them. It, they're never going to be able to come out of it. And I think that daylight savings time may have something to do with that. That's that's just me and my conspiracy theory head. You know how I do. Yeah, we know how you do. <laughs> um, the next item I have uh. E, don't get on me. This was in the news because I, I already hear her get ready to say, why are we talking about this? <laughs> I can already hear. Um, D. Wade, his uh, ex-wife filed a court petition earlier this year to change his uh, 15-year-old daughter's name, who's a who's a transgender. Um, she... She alleged that her ex-husband told her in April of 22 they would make Zaya famous with the name change, according to Entertainment Tonight, which obtained a copy of the court filing. She said she is concerned that her child is being commercialized at a young age and is worried about the uncontrollable consequences of media exposure. Now, his wife's name is Funches. That I just wanted to throw that as a caveat. I used that word before. Uh, D. Lovely, your, uh, your opinion mm-hmm. on the ex-wife saying that it will cause their uh, child to have uh, more media exposure, which she don't need. Well, I, I'm, I'm probably Mm-mm. in the... I may be in the minority in this answer. I'm not sure, but I'm going to that's this is my opinion. Her original um request was that she thought he was trying to make money off of her, um off of the child, which clearly we know he doesn't need money. So that's not the case. We know that she has filed several times to try to get the children because she wants the child support and she said that's how she's supposed to live without it. So my my question is, is she really concerned about the child or is she concerned about the opportunity? Because I don't know that to be the way that child is lived. That child does not look unhappy. Let me just put it like this. I've I've seen the child on vacations and, and at home, and that child looks perfectly fine and is making this transition based on what is beneficial to how that child feels. I don't think there's any reason to keep going backwards. We need to make sure that she that the child is getting all the mental health services that are necessary so that if this is the choice that the child is making that they've got all the necessary things in place to make sure that, that child is safe mentally. E First of all, the child has already been in the news. Let's start there. When he became a she, it was a media frenzy. So, like, stop playing in our face. Second of all, old girl been trying to ride this meal train for a minute under the guise that it is the father that is exploiting her when the whole time it's bunches or punches or whatever the chiz her name is. All right. Punches. So punches. let's just call it. 
let's just call a thing a thing. And like you said, Dwayne Wade does not need money. Like my sister said, the child appears to be happy. My concern is with her mental health. You know, I work with children who are transgender and are transitioning. Um, one is a senior in high school now, 9th, 10th, 11th grade year. They were known as, they wanted to be known as a male, even though she was born a female. And now her senior year, she's, you know, wearing makeup, wearing a dress, and just decided that she didn't want to be a male no more. So I just want to make sure that the, that, that child, like Dee said, is getting the mental health support that she needs. You know, it, it appears that her father has supported her throughout this entire process, and no, he does not need any type of money that would come from whatever the media is is doing socially, you know, in the press. So that's just my two points. Um, I worked at a youth detention center while I was in Atlanta after I got out of the service, and a transit transgender came into I think he was 15 changing over to a woman but mm-hmm. hadn't had the sexual organs as of yet but had breasts and mm-hmm. normally when you have long hair when a guy come in they cut your hair off but his hair was fused in his head so they didn't want to do that I was like ah, y'all might not want to do that just leave that one alone. But they, their concerns were that sending, sending him to a male, to the boy's side, he might get jumped on because he had breasts but, now. But not he had been on, there before, and I had it. told and he had been there before, and I told them, uh, don't y'all worry about that. Because he's going to handle his. <laughs> I just see them beat down everybody. So I ain't wasn't even worried about that part of it. But, they, you know, the newer officers were. I was like, nah, he's going to be all right. <laughs> going to be all right. And he was all right. Tough little guy. But, yeah, I uh, worked in that kind of a situation before with uh, a 15-year-old getting ready to transition. Um, Next. Starting again with this time with E, and nine people were injured last night in Philadelphia. Four critically mm-hmm. after multiple shooters started firing at a crowd Saturday night, according to the Philadelphia Police Department. Mm-hmm. The shooting happened around ten forty-five, and there was a multi- there was people that got out of a vehicle and opened fire at a group of people. Uh, Basically, Mm kind of the same thing you just said that happened in your area. Uh, The nine victims, all adults, ranging from 23 to 40, were taken to Mm -hmm. area hospitals, police said. Again, this is dang, I almost cussed, dang near an epidemic with this gun, these gun shootings. Uh, again, e, your your uh, opinion on this that happened in Philadelphia? It's just like it's all around. Yeah, it's just not Philly. It's just where it's just the hot spots that the press can get to first, and it's just you know as as a society, it's very disheartening that we have to continue to you know keep our head on the swivel. The only difference between 
us and other countries that are experiencing a civil war is that we have not um, we have not yet said that oh yeah we're at war with each other. But when children are getting shot playing football in their front yard, you know you can't go to the grocery store, you can't you can't take a walk in your neighborhood like nobody is safe. You have to constantly keep your head on the swivel. It feels like combat. It feels like combat conditions. You know, nine times out of ten in combat, at least you know where and who the enemy is. And and in America, we just don't know who the enemy is. You know, and it's it's a whole another level of stress and PTSD. I see it in my students. I see it in the staff. I see it in my other clients. It's just it's it's in the way. You know, and it just needs to stop. People always want to go to the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. That has nothing to do with what we're going through now. We had the right to bear arms because we were at war and we had to protect ourselves. You know, this is not that. Do you love me? It's just so sad we wound up, we came full circle. We started talking about guns and we'll end talking about guns. Um, it's frightening. It's scary. It's sad. It's um, it's eye-opening. Um, we've had an- so many shootings recently in my own um, town and lives being taken of people that have done nothing more than shown up to a place for a good time. Um, we're seeing it in the news now. I think um, it's it's touching different people. I think the rapper Takeoff was just killed in, in Houston. Um, all of these things are happening over simple misunderstandings, disagreements, petty beef, because guns are so available. If we can find a way to tamp down this whole gun situation, it will it will put things in a light where you can at least feel unafraid to send your children or your, your, your spouse or, you know, your, your neighbor to the store or to a movie or, for God's sake, to a bowling alley. Is, is this what we're doing now? Is this who we really are? I hope not. Uh, my last My last thing, which is kind of personal with me because I – I'm an avid watcher of MSNBC, and I get a lot of my news from them, and I like seeing some of the black uh, anchors that's on the network. <clears throat> Tiffany Cross didn't want to leave MSNBC and feels she has more to do. The outspoken wake weekend anchor whose show was canceled earlier Friday, uh, known for her freewheeling, outspoken style, was on the marked for a disruptive era in politics and indicated she would continue her work elsewhere. She said, I'm disheartened to learn of MSNBC's decision to cancel my show, uh, the cross connection at a crucial time. Uh, She was one of the highest rating shows during the weekend with more than 600,000 looking at her show last month according to Nielsen ratings. Um, I have a problem with this because I know good and well, I heard more than Joe, where Joe said when the insurrection happened, who in the F 
opened the door, and he said it on live TV, and the next day he was still on TV. They suspended Jason Johnson, a black professor, after he made comments about Nina Turner. They canceled Melissa Perry, who had that time slot on Saturday, like about, what, eight, nine, ten years ago, because she did more uh, more towards people of color news than the regular news they wanted her to deliver, which was political. I have a problem with them. Uh, MSNBC and MS stands for Master Says, if, if it's according to me. <laughs> uh, your opinion, D. Lovely, on them getting the rid of Tiffany Cross. The first thing we need- Okay, the first thing we need to understand is we can't expect to to get the same treatment they get. And every time we do something that that makes us look good and somebody else not not in the best light, we get canceled. So, we need to remember who we are when we're when we're standing up so that you when you speak, say everything you got to say cuz one minute after that, they're going to snatch you by the neck. We're not the same, you know, and they're not going to treat us the same, like Dee said. And 9,000 people could do it wrong. And the moment we do it wrong with the other 9,000 of a different color, we're done. You know, we're not judged the same. We're not, we're not going to be given the same benefit of the doubt. It's frustrating, but she's going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Well, uh, my viewership has ended. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to record joy when I always do, and, I, and I'm going to have to look at Zerlina on uh, Peacock, but my actual viewership has ended <laughs> as of Saturday. Yeah. Uh Thank you for another riveting and spirited discussion. Thank you, ladies. Have a good week and a safe week. Peace and love. Thank you, guys, and love.